Griffin, I want to talk to you today about trash talk. Now, I, I want to specify because I think there, there are two different types of trash talk. There's one kind where, you know, you're sort of psyching yourself up. You're trying to, uh, to trash talk to, to get yourself fired up. And then there's the kind where you're trying it to psych out your opponent and make them mess up. And today I'm talking about the latter. It's true that there are some great trash talkers in the history of sport who have shown the ability to psych out their opponents. You know, you think of Kevin Garnett, one of the premier trash talkers, Gary Payton, of course. But even Gary Payton, he famously ran afoul of Michael Jordan in the 1996 NBA Finals. And we all know how that went. It seems like trash talk just backfires just as often as it works, if not more so. You know, the phrase don't poke the bear exists for a reason. If you trash talk and it fires up your opponents and suddenly they're they're getting buckets, then you're not only you know not helping, you're actively hurting your own team's chances to win. So, you know, and, and this this came up for a reason, Griffin. So I want to make a personal address here. Patrick Beverly, next time you think about going at Pascal Siakam and talking to your talk. Maybe consider if it's worth the loss to open your mouth, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of talk that isn't trash, it's another episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling. And welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling, the podcast that you are listening to right now, baby. I'm here with Griffin. Griffin, how are you today? I'm good, Chris. How are you? I am doing just fine. It's an exciting day. We have some exciting stuff coming up on the show today. Uh, but I want to quickly just get to uh, some things from last week, a little bit of housekeeping to take care of, because I was up late last night tabulating the results of these Super Bowl props that we did last week with Connor O'Neill. And that, that was that was a great show, wasn't it? That was a great show. It was great having Connor on. Uh, I think he had the time of his life. Connor's girlfriend actually sent me a video of him after Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. Connor looked like a man possessed. The look in his <laughs> eyes was one that honestly struck fear in me. So a big congratulations to Connor. Uh, I hope that he has come down from that over the past <laughs> four or five days, but I'm not sure, but happy for him nonetheless. Yes, hopefully he can he can recenter himself spiritually and mentally. Uh, we wish him all the best and congratulations to him. Uh, but I, quickly, let's find out if some congratulations are in order uh, with this prop sheet. And this was, uh, I, I won't spoil the results yet, but this is an interesting one, Griffin. So I'll, I'll start with the the categories where no points were awarded to either of you. So the first points, you both had the Bengals. You, of course, had your famous game script about the uh, the Jamar Chase 88-yard touchdown. Yeah, that uh, and didn't that work was... out great. <laughs> it did not pan out for you. The first points were the was a uh, Rams touchdown to Odell Beckham. Connor also had the Bengals scoring first, so no points there. Uh, you both missed on the passing yards prop. You both had Joe Burrow. You know, he was going to sling it a lot, which he did, but... Stafford, 283 passing yards to Burroughs, 263. Uh, the halftime show, the first song, Connor famously said that if it's not California love, don't bother coming out of the tunnel. Uh, <laughs> and Griffin, you you astutely had Lose Yourself as an option with that great intro. But they went with another great intro, the next episode, of course, that, that great orchestral swell. So no points there. Similarly, the Gatorade color, Griffin, I think you were on the right track because... 
you had the Bengals taking the win and you had the orange Gatorade, but it was kind of a flip because the Rams ended up winning and they had the blue Gatorade. So that's like, you know, you were on the right track, even if the result wasn't correct. Yeah, I, I, my logic was sound. My execution was not. Now, there's one more that is going to be controversial, and we've already talked about this off mic, and you, both you and Connor have uh, made your intentions to file protests with the board to be to, uh, very clear. Which is but, funny, because we both picked the same way. Yes, I was, <laughs> I was a little surprised to see that you both had the same pick, but... The Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage prop was a very controversial one because we didn't see it on the broadcast. It, it, it was a great halftime show. Did you did you enjoy the halftime show? Yeah, I loved it. I thought that, <laughs> I mean this in a good way, it was exactly what I expected it would be. Uh, everyone mm. really brought their A game. I thought Snoop in particular was great. Yeah, I th- the stage was super cool. The one drawback I would take away, which is not their fault, is that it's just a side effect of having Super Bowls on the West Coast is that it's still daylight during the halftime show, which I don't think works as well. Like, it's cooler if it's pitch black in the stadium. But nonetheless, I thought it was a great halftime show. Yeah, I I totally agree with you on all counts. The set design was so cool. You know, Dre and Snoop, I thought, were the the best. They they had a lot of uh, of crowd hype behind them. Now, on the television broadcast, we did not see Snoop Dogg smoke. However... There was a <laughs> leaked Instagram video, I believe, is where I saw it, where uh, it was a, a feed of a television monitor, which showed Snoop Dogg <laughs> sort of <laughs> leaning down in the corner and, and lighting up a uh, uh, what I believe to be a marijuana cigarette. Yeah, but it wasn't on the broadcast. So this is the where the controversy comes in. It wasn't on the broadcast, but the verbiage of the prop was will he smoke on stage and i feel like you have to say yes he was smoking and he was on stage and so we have to say but what if he had done it six hours before just sitting on the stage taking it all in like we don't know well come on he was on stage it was during the performance i feel like this one's pretty clear cut this is a yes so no points to either of you um, but let's talk about the the props that you did score points on. Now that we've gotten all of your zeros out of the way, um, this of course, is going to be a shorter list. I can feel <laughs> well, about the same. Uh, your of course your final result: the Rams did beat the Bengals twenty three twenty. It was it was quite an entertaining game. I thought uh, Connor predicted the score: Rams twenty four, Bengals twenty. So a oh. bit of a con- Constradamus here. If only but, they had hit that botched PAT, Connor would have been perfect. Wow, that's actually very true. I didn't even think about that. Um, but interestingly, Griffin, you were the one to take the points here because the Bengals covered the spread plus Let's 4.5. Go. They lost by three. You covered that spread. And so that's a point to you, Griffin. Uh, the combined over under, Connor said it was going to be a shade under uh, 48 and a half combined points. He, of course, had his 24 20 prediction. So he took a point there. Uh, you both took a point. Uh, saying that there would be a punt before a field goal. Connor said the first drive of the game would be a punt, which it was. You said there would be a touchdown first, which there was not, but still still a point nonetheless. Yep, still a point, still a point. Uh, you both took a point on a sack coming before a touchdown, but it was not, surprisingly, Joe Burrow that was sacked early. He was not sacked until the end of the first half, and it was actually Stafford who was sacked on their, their first drive. Yeah, the Rams uh, made up for lost time on that one, though. Yeah, precisely. 
Uh, the first touchdown, Connor took the field. You said Jamar Chase. And, uh, of course, we know Odo Beckham Jr. was the one who uh, who got the first score there. Connor did say Van Jefferson, but it was Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, or the field. And so Connor does uh, does take the point there. And then the uh, the Rams offense, Griffin, you said that we would see a more balanced attack in the Super Bowl from their passing offense, which we absolutely did. They had four receivers with 40-plus yards. Bryson Hopkins, who uh, we all, of course, know. (laughs) (laughs) We've discussed two separate Los Angeles Rams tight ends on the podcast, and neither of them were Bryson Hopkins, who had 47 yards. Uh, So you take the point there, plus 19.5 yards, or minus 19.5 yards, I should say, uh, against Cooper Cup. And so, Griffin, the results are, with four points, we have a tie. Oh, well, if I could suggest for the tiebreaker, the 0.5 over under Ben Skowronek touchdown, Chris, <laughs> just if you're out there looking looking for a tiebreaker. Well, I think, you know, I it, it wasn't an official uh, points weren't awarded, but I think Connor saying that it would be a 24-20 game is about as close to uh, to a correct answer for the final score of a football game as you can get. I'm going to give him the edge here. Connor, congratulations. You take home the win. You are invited back to high floor low ceiling. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a double-edged sword to win that competition, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You you win, but at what cost? Right. Okay. All right, well, congratulations good... to Connor. I was outplayed. The Bengals offense did let me down a bit, I gotta say. Overall, Chris, what do you think of the game? I didn't... Like, I thought the game was fine, but... Yeah, it, it kind of reminded exciting. me... It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. It, it, I thought it was a good game. It kind of reminded me of uh, of some other games that we saw in the playoffs where, you know, you had some action going in the first half, you had a little more intrigue, and then in the second half, things sort of started slowing down. Both the offenses were, were struggling to produce a little. And then, you know, as as exciting as that sort of fourth quarter drive by the Rams was, it was sort of marred by the fact that the Bengals just kept getting called for penalties over and over. And so, you know, it wasn't that sort of... Stafford had 44 tries with goal to go. Um. Yeah, exactly. Like It wasn't like the classic, like, smooth two-minute drill, fast-paced thing you're used to seeing. And so, you know, obviously any Super Bowl that wins on a a game-winning touchdown is exciting, but I I see see your point, Griffin, for sure. Yeah, and both teams were really committed to the run all game, despite having great passing offenses and the run not working at all, all game. Yeah, I'm going to keep trying this. Yeah, I didn't mention it, but you predicted that the the Rams would have a strong run game in the Super Bowl. They tried. Uh, ended up having 23 carries for 43 yards, so not the most effective run offense. You'd think when you're at, like, 20 carries for 40 yards, you wouldn't try the last three carries. Right. <laughs> or if you're Zach Taylor and it's third and one with the Super Bowl on the line, you wouldn't give the ball to Samaji P. Ryan and to say, run directly at Aaron Donald. See how that well, will work. I mean, Griffin, he had two carries for zero yards. He had to play the hot hand. (laughs) It could be better than that. I guess before that, he had one carry for zero yards. But, Chris, Uh, the other big news of the week after, or before the Super Bowl, we recorded a trade deadline show the day before the trade deadline, I think, in anticipation of maybe not the most exciting trade deadline. Mm. And I certainly did not see this blockbuster trade coming. I don't know if you did. But the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets swapping unhappy superstars as James Harden finally gets his wish. He goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, 
and Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and a couple of first-round picks go to the Brooklyn Nets. Chris, I saw a conspiracy theory while I was listening to the Low Post (laughs) podcast, and this seemed like something that would be up your alley, in that the Houston Rockets and the Philadelphia 76ers conspired to do this entire thing. The initial deal was going to just send Harden straight from the Rockets to the 76ers, but the Sixers said, you know what, let's wait a year and screw over the Nets in the process and sort of conducted a little sabotage with James Harden. What do you think of this conspiracy theory? I think that if your conspiracy theory involves you not getting Ben Simmons and instead getting like a pretty pretty questionable set of assets. I don't remember exactly what they ended up getting for James Harden. I know oh, yeah, they got but it was Karis like LeVert, and then they flipped him for Victor Oladipo. I think Jared Allen they flipped to the Cavaliers as well. And so, you know, they, they got some stuff, but really not the kind of... I don't, I don't even think they got as good of a return for James Harden as the Mets got. Um, but but I do think the trade was pretty, pretty even for both sides. Uh, what did you think about the trade, Griffin? Yeah, I honestly think that both of those teams are better this week than they were last week. Like, once everyone gets back healthy, of Mm -hmm. course. The Nets, I think, clearly talked to James Harden and realized that he wasn't going to re-sign with them. So they said, screw it, let's get something for him while we can. And they get a person who, I think we both agree, Chris, still can be a contributor in Ben Simmons. And if anything, I think this is his best situation yet, where he's playing with two amazing closers in a situation where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are both available. So he has that pressure taken off him, and he can just distribute. He can just play defense. Uh, And so I think that'll be a load off his mind. Hopefully the culture of the Brooklyn Nets is strong enough to uh, support Ben Simmons. Well, I don't know. Those two guys not always running the most uh, happy locker rooms, Durant and Irving, but hopefully Ben Simmons can... uh, prosper there i wish him the best and they get seth curry as well who's a great piece and andre drummond a a nice backup center for them and then uh the sixers turn what was a zero on their roster and ben Mm -hmm. simmons into a great player in james harden who might might be aging a bit and the fit with uh Embiid might not be exactly perfect but he's obviously better than nothing so yeah i think both of these teams are better than they were last week what about you yeah i think i think it definitely does end up being a win-win i think that you know, I, I've always been pretty positive on Ben Simmons, and I think the thing that that it comes down to with him for me is like he really had the worst possible fit for his style of play. Like to play with Joel Embiid, who's basically like the last kind of like primarily post up big man. Obviously, you know he has he has an outside game, but you know compared to someone like Nikola Jokic even or Carl Anthony Towns, like he is more of a post centric big man, and it's pretty much the last like star post-up big that there is in the NBA and so when you have Ben Simmons who is not a shooter you know likes I think that him in sort of a spread offense where you can find lanes to the basket is a lot better for him without you know a traditional big man clogging the lane obviously the Nets you know they have LaMarcus Aldridge starting in center they have Blake Griffin playing at center sometimes and so I do think the fit is good if if Simmons can come back and you know even just be what he was in Philadelphia I think that they'll be a really really good team. Yeah, I, I I think the Nets came away great in this as well. But Griffin, let us move from a sport that we have covered far too much in the last month or so to a sport that we have not covered at all uh, on this podcast, to my recollection. The UEFA Champions League knockout stage. It kicked off yesterday as of the day we're recording this. 
Now, I don't think we've talked about this, Griffin. What is your, if any, what is your background with uh, with the the beautiful game, as they call it? Well, in, yeah, Chris, uh, I mean, it's the most popular sport in the world, and we might have mentioned it in passing a couple times, like in other segments, but we've certainly never had a soccer segment before. In terms of my connection, I'm a big Ted Lasso fan. Uh, sure. Love the show. Aside from that... I, I watched TFC the year that they beat Seattle for the MLS Cup, and uh, I watched the Women's World Cup and the women in the Olympics, and that's about it. So uh, I, I'm not a big soccer person, but that is why we had to bring on such a prestigious guest, I think. Yes, that's I'm bearing the lead here, truly, because we have a, a secret weapon at our disposal. All about the same. Uh, I live, of course, in the Corso Italia I'm doing a little uh, hand thing for those who are listening. Okay. Uh, that's the neighborhood of Toronto that I inhabit. And so the uh, the Euros were very big, as you can imagine. But even better than <laughs> me, who has inhabited the same place as people who are interested in soccer, we have someone who is actually interested in soccer. And she is in a place where people are really interested in soccer. She is in uh, Griffin, I believe... I believe that it's there's some call for some accents because she's of a jolly old England. Jolly good. Jolly good. She, she's uh, across the pod, and why don't you go ahead and try one yourself? Me? You want me? No, I, well, I, don't, I don't want to spoil who our guest is, but Yara, go ahead and try one. Hell no. I will not be trying <laughs> an English accent. That is a, a strong podcast debut right there. That is a, a smart move. Yes, a, on, doing her first podcast, uh, it's a true honor for us. Uh, as I said, joining us from England, a wonderful freelance sports journalist who covers a lot of soccer, a dear friend of the show, Yara El Shaburi is here. Welcome, Yara. Hello, thank you so much. I also want to add that I am your resident fact checker. I feel like that needed to be added in my introduction. Yes, um, the, yeah. you you famously stepped in to correct us about Phil Taylor's number of, uh, what is it, Griffin? It's world he championship? has 16 world dart championships. Uh, as I proved to you, Yara, in the group chat, I was led astray by an article we did start our first ever high floor low ceiling beef uh we did not hear back mm-hmm. from the writer of that article which i am taking as a concession yeah so i won the high floor low ceiling beef but yara it was because of you that we were able to even further demonstrate the power of phil taylor so thank you for that and what a what a You're fun welcome. uh what a fun coincidence because yara of course she is in england phil taylor is i believe english yeah he and- is <laughs> he is indeed, eh? uh, and of course, Phil Taylor's opponent in board games in our winter activity draft was Christine Sinclair. Uh, I do think that that's the matchup players, that swung the one pole. Of, one of the great soccer players of our time. So, Yara, we are coming in as as relative neophytes, as you can tell from our <laughs> heavy leaning on accents over knowledge. Uh, but you know, soccer. It seems like, especially you know, we're talking about the Champions League. We're talking about. You know, it's sort of outside the normal league competition. It's not really something that exists in, like, American sports. So it seems like a difficult sport to analyze for that reason because you're not, you know, you're not seeing them consistently play against these teams. You're not seeing the same level of competition across the squads. You know, you had a team like Chelsea last year. They were fourth in the Premier League and ended up winning the Champions League. So when you are trying to to look at the Champions League and forecast things, 
how do you balance, you know, the the domestic performance, the historical acumen, uh, the current form? Like, how do you how do you juggle all those different data points? Yeah, um, it's a weird one, I think, because you know the Champions League is kind of seen as so prestigious because um, you're essentially taking the best clubs in Europe and having them compete against one another. Uh, and I do think it's a great competition, but I think one thing that you don't necessarily need um, in the Champions League is consistency, um, or at least not the consistency you need to win a domestic title. So it's a lot easier to win 12 out of 14 games than it is to win 33 out of 38. So you have teams like Manchester City, Juventus, PSG, who have unbelievable domestic records over the last few years, but they kind of can't break into the Champions League. And then it kind of becomes a, like, are they really elite European teams if, if they can't win it? Um, in terms of your question, I think each fan would probably have a different answer based on who they support or what they kind of prioritize. But I think for me personally, and I understand why people talk about history, I respect it, but like, I really don't care that a bunch of people in 1958 won, a t won the Champions League. And then that means that their current team has an advantage over another team. Like, I really don't see it like that. I personally just think current form is the best way to go. And one thing that I've always wondered is that uh, for European fans, obviously it'll change from fan to fan and even country to country. But which, if 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 you had to say just generally, if a fan had to choose between winning a domestic title and the Champions League, which one do they really put more weight on? Um, yeah, like you said, it probably depends on the team because there are teams that have you know been historically very successful in the Champions League, but haven't been in. The domestic league and vice versa i mean if you were to ask a man city fan i don't care what they say about you know domestic league we are so good at it it's what we do they want the champions league like that is they're kind of the one thing that they don't have um so yeah i, I think it really depends on the on the team that they support whichever one they don't have that's the one they want more <laughs> yeah basically that's shocking the human condition damn it's uh <laughs> wow so true king sports is uh, life <laughs> that's an interesting point we'll come back to that for sure um <laughs> i'm promise. sorry that our <laughs> no 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 i'm sorry that our listeners were missing uh yara's like sassy head movements when she was pretending to be a, a stupid man city fan uh and you know speaking of man city they are one of the teams that uh you know recording this on wednesday afternoon so the the wednesday slate of games is going to start quite soon actually uh but we've already seen man city play they blew out sporting lisbon five nil as the uh as the brits say uh and also psg playing real madrid they won one nil uh so, so let's start there with man city because they are currently the uh the odds on favorites in this tournament along with uh you know i'm just gonna go for it because you know we don't know how to pronounce any of these names. All the teams have weird names. So I'm just going to dive both feet into all these team names. You have Bayern Munich. Uh, 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 let me just do my John Lennon voice because Liverpool. And also uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Those are the uh, the top four in betting odds. Um, and like That's I said, good. I can't say the favorite. <laughs> Thank you. That's okay, cool. does, PSG, does PSG actually have a chance or do people just like betting on Lionel Messi? That's my question. Ooh, that's a big one. Well, I mean, people bet on them before Messi joined because they have such a great squad, but they, you know, they love to do this thing called self-combustion every year. <laughs> um, 
it's great to watch but yeah um also i was i love how i said you know you did well with the pronunciation as if i'm from any of these countries and i know the pronunciation <laughs> so, i mean i'm not really one to talk so but yeah those are the favorites well you could you could analyze my liverpool accent certainly i thought um, your john was more of a paul honestly i'm gonna be you might you, you might be right you well, I think John, you got to do it a little more nasal. Yeah, and then uh, and then Paul, Paul, you know, he's more wide open. He's gentle, he's a... and then uh, and then George, you know, he's the thoughtful one. So really, you have to you have to just sit in yourself and and really meditate on it. Mm. Uh, and then Ringo's right, the other one. Uh, so <laughs> this is already way <laughs> off the rails. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Chris and so, I don't know anything about soccer, so we're unable to talk about it. So PSG and Real Madrid. Yeah, we're talking about Lionel Messi. Uh, I watched the highlights from the game that they played yesterday. It seemed like uh, Kylian Mbappe. Uh, <laughs> your, your supportive nods are really what I need right now. Uh, yeah, as as an uneducated viewer, he seemed to be making up the bulk of the highlights. You know, obviously he he seems to you know be playing that attacking forward kind of role, uh, and and it seemed like he was able to sort of create whenever he wanted with his speed. Uh, it didn't end up turning into much until later in the game, just because it seemed like Madrid were playing quite defensively. Is that a strategic move? Because there are like the two legs. I was reading a little bit about teams playing more defensively on the road just because they if they can avoid a blowout they can sort of get it back at home yeah so that's definitely part of it but um i don't know if you read about the kind of new rule which is essentially the um away from like home Dua Lipa? rule so essentially no <laughs> no um close but no i think is from the uk right yeah i believe yeah, uh, by I way of she's... albania yeah, okay, so she's, you know, she must be sort of into soccer, so I see the connection. Um, I'm going to look up what on. Team Dulip is a fan of, and you keep talking. <laughs> okay, um, I think the whole kind of defensive strategy happened for a few reasons, but in terms of, like, if we're talking, like, actual tactics and stuff, the away goal rule has been scrapped starting from the season. Um, so before the season, the rule meant that the team that had scored more goals away from home wins if the total goals scored by each team was equal, if that makes sense. Um, so that rule was scrapped by UEFA. Not really sure why. I don't think they said for a specific reason. Um, but because of that rule, without that rule now, Real Madrid really had no incentive to score in Paris, especially if they felt like they were going to be more attacking, they would be more vulnerable. So they really had no incentive to try and win the game. You know, it kind of would have almost been a win if it had ended um, zero all. But obviously that kind of backfired. I mean, yeah, you talked about Mbappe there. Uh, I love watching Mbappe. I don't think people realize how much, like, how amazing it is that he kind of plays along Neymar and Messi and he still somehow stands out. Um, I don't think he was at his best yesterday, but I think it was... A really good performance you know he obviously scored the goal i think he had four shots on target he won them the penalty that messi did not convert um and yeah he was the reason they won so <laughs> we all we all made simultaneous saucy expressions when you uh, when you made that reference to messi um okay well let's let's jump over to the other game because you know this one that one was was less uh less close <laughs> apparently Sporting Lisbon did not get the message about uh, playing defensively and gave up five goals. Was that 
was that to be expected? Because I know Man City were pretty heavy favorites, but like, a, a, I feel like a blowout of that magnitude is never really what you anticipate, right? Yeah, especially in this sport. I think most people, you know, four, five, that's a lot of goals. But like, this is Manchester City. I feel like out of all the teams, they are kind of like, this is what we expect from them. So it's kind of hard to take away much from this game. You know, I remember when the draw was announced, everyone was like, okay, next, no one cares. I mean, all respect to Sporting Lisbon, but, you know, um, yeah. And like this Man City team under Pep, they've always kind of, they obviously are searching for their first Champions League, like I said. Um, And while they haven't really accomplished that yet, it's not because they struggle against these small teams. Like they always blow out these teams every year. They struggle usually kind of in the later rounds um, because Pep usually tends to overthink. That's pretty much it. So yeah, to be expected, I guess. Great. And now we've talked about Lionel Messi and we've talked about Manchester City, which seems uh, to be the two counterparts to Cristiano Ronaldo and his team at Manchester United. I've noticed that not a lot of people talk about them as a favorite, which I mean, I just took a scroll through their roster and they've got a ton of players that I've heard of, which I can only assume means that on paper, they seem like a very talented team. So uh, why do you think that they're not being talked about as one of the favorites in this tournament? Because they suck, is my (laughs) short answer. Why Um, do they suck? Listen, Listen, um, yeah, obviously, like you said, you recognize a lot of those names. um, But, you know, for the past, like, almost decade now, Manchester United have been kind of in this, like, weird up and down like they have some great form for like a few months and it's like yes manchester united are back obviously imagine that in a british accent but you know so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah manchester united are back that's what we feel and then you know it just kind of goes downhill again i think currently they're kind of in such poor form everyone was so excited about this ronaldo signing like this kind of homecoming he started his career um he didn't start his career there but after he left portugal it's kind of the first club that he went to became um, sort of a star there exactly and so it was like this really exciting homecoming thing and now a lot of people are realizing i mean this man is like old like he's not as good (laughs) as he once was shocking but um they really struggle with him on the pitch they really struggle defensively their midfield is quite poor and you know several managers have come in They've been, you know, touted as like, okay, this is the next thing. And they've left saying that, you know, the squad has problems. There's there's mentality issues. Like, it's clearly like a fundamental issue within the club. So, I mean, that's pretty much the reason why no one has them as favorites. Yeah. And talking about the favorites, you know, we did mention, you know, there's sort of that top four who sort of stand out above the rest for the most part. Is there, you know, it seems like you are quite high on Man City based on uh, their current form. Are are they, out of the favorites, are they the one that you would pick as, uh, you know, if you were to lay down some money? Yeah, I think, like I said, yeah, they've never won one, but I feel like it's almost like about time. Like, seriously, like they really should have won probably a couple in the past few years. Um But then again, like we say that every year, every year, it's like, oh, this is Manchester City's year. And they always seem to somehow flop. So, I mean, who knows? I think Real Madrid are kind of another, you know, not in that top four that you mentioned, but they're, they have that kind of history 
Um, they're also top of La Liga, and I think they have Karim Benzema, who sometimes I think that they over-rely on him. I actually looked up the numbers before we started because I wanted to get this right, but um, he scored 17 goals and 7 assists already, which means that he alone has been involved in 50% of their goals um, this season, which is pretty insane if you think about it. Um, he was injured last night. He was playing with an injury, which is, I think, part of the reason why they were playing so defensively. But I think if he's fit and he is at his best, I think Real Madrid have a real a real chance as well. Yeah, and so Real Madrid, you mentioned that they're not in that top four that Chris picked out as the four favorites or are the consensus four favorites. And I don't think Chris made any bold <laughs> predictions there. But I was just wondering uh, if you had to pick sort of a team that is not being talked about as a universal favorite, like even Real Madrid is one of the most famous clubs in the world, uh, who you think could maybe not win the league, but make a serious run if there's anyone who you've got an eye on as sort of a dark horse. I mean, in terms of a dark horse, Ajax are always everyone's like hipster team. Um, you know, I don't know why, but that's just kind of the way it is. They are a good team. I don't think they would win. But I think that because they have such a great academy, they always have really exciting young players coming through, which is why I think a lot of people um, gravitate towards them. And I think Chelsea, which is weird because they're defending champions, you know, they should be favorites, but maybe, yeah, they're not really talked about a lot. Um, but I think they could go back to back, just like I mentioned before, obviously you don't really need consistency in the champions league. Um, and they have this experience now. Uh, so yeah, I think Chelsea would be a, a good pick. We'll see. And, and just to clarify something that you said earlier there, it's not pronounced Ajax. Is that correct? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, yeah. Because Ajax is obviously Ajax, like Ontario, like we know it. Famous Ontario we... small town, I believe Avril Lavigne might be from there. Yeah, I was going to say she we was know it, we love it. Is she? I don't know. All right, Chris, you check that. Yeah. Yari, you tell us about the pronunciation of Ajax. Ajax, yeah, I was going to say Ajax, Ontario, we know it, we love it. We don't actually love it, you know. I've never been there, but you know. All no offense. Life, like... To our to the great people yeah. of Ajax, if you're listening, we love you. Yara just doesn't love your town. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it, the team is pronounced Ajax. That's like, yeah, it, it was definitely a weird mind trip when I found out that Ajax, Ontario, was pronounced Ajax because, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, you had the, re- you had the reverse reason. experience. Yeah. Were you, so were you calling that town Ajax, making it sound yes. like a world city? <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, so I don't think I'm. No one corrected me for some reason. I wish I knew why, but you know, it's fine. They probably fine. assumed you were the one who was correct. Yeah, uh, but for Maybe. people like me and Chris, if you're talking soccer, don't embarrass yourself by saying Ajax. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, and you uh, learn something new. <laughs> and uh, just to check in on a previous note, Avril Lavigne, born in Belleville, so Belleville, uh, go Bulls, Ontario. Good old Belleville. Uh, Yara, you know, we we had you on to talk the Champions League, but I, I know you are a, a connoisseur of the sport of uh, football. So uh, I had a couple of other questions for you. I know because I got a notification one day on my phone that someone I follow was talking in a Twitter space about the Africa Cup of Nations, and it was none other than Yara. I hopped in. You were talking, you know, people were talking about... Uh, 
I don't know, a bunch of stuff I didn't understand. Uh, <laughs> but the Africa Cup of Nations final was a couple of weeks ago. Senegal, of course, triumphing over Egypt. I hate to bring it up. You are of uh, of Egyptian extraction, of course. Uh, you seemed, based on what I heard in the space, you were not sold on Egypt's chances uh, to win that final. So what what were your thoughts on that result of, uh, of Senegal bringing home their first Cup of Nations? First of all, I really don't think that you hate to bring it up. I think you're really enjoying <laughs> yeah, it. You can see the glee <laughs> in Chris's face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of at the acceptance stage. You know, like the five stages of grief. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at peace now. Um, in terms of me not being confident, you know, I don't know. We're Egypt's kind of at a weird stage right now. And it's almost worse that we got to the final and we lost. Because after each win, you just get a little bit more hopeful. It's a little <laughs> bit like, oh, maybe... Maybe we can do this. And then to have it come crashing down on penalties is the worst feeling in the world. But uh, yeah, and I guess I could say, you know, you're always proud when the team you support makes the finals or, you know, the playoffs or, or whatever. So, I mean, I'm proud, but I'm also sad, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was curious just because, like, you know, obviously the, the Africa Cup of Nations is not something that we would probably ever hear about at least people who don't have some kind of african heritage like is it is it like the euros like are people you know partying in the streets i heard the party in senegal was very crazy but it's it's a very big thing there i imagine yeah um afcon is really special i think to a lot of africans especially because um africa gets really underrepresented at the world cup because um obviously a continent with 54 countries countries only getting five spots it's pretty ludicrous if you ask me and pretty much anyone who's african um so yeah afcon is huge for us because a lot of these countries will never make the world cup um so it's almost like that not a replacement but just like a, a tournament of its own and um yeah it's it's a really fun special tournament similar to the euros in terms of like celebrations and yeah everyone wants to win it um so yeah great tournament yeah, I'm going to throw one at you that is a less serious analysis, but as Chris mentioned, you are Egyptian. You've also spent a lot of your life in Canada. If you had to choose one player to start a club with, Mo Salah or Alfonso Davies, who are you going with and why? Oh, wow. Damn. I know that Salah's oh, the better wild. player, but Davies is a lot younger, if I understand correctly. That is that is <laughs> true. <laughs> time I'm new to soccer <laughs> and ages. Those are the two things I'm new to. Uh, yes, you are correct. I think Davies, not I think, I know Davies is younger. Um, can I not start them both? Like, they do play different positions. You could, but yeah. not not for the purposes of the game. If you, Whichever one you don't take, another club is going to snap up. Mm, I plead the fifth. Oh, wow. Uh, there you have it. Canadian soccer fans, Alfonso Davies, on the same level as Mo Salah, one of the best players in the world. I think that's that. I took that pretty encouragingly. No, I think that's correct. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, just because, uh, you know, I think soccer has been in the news in Canada lately because the the Canadian national team, the men's national team, is sort of sweeping their way through this uh, qualifying tournament, which I sort of understand how it works uh do you have any thoughts yara on the way that uh that canada's been playing you know getting those great results over uh the u.s and mexico and all the rest listen i don't want to jinx okay. it but boys we're going to the world cup hey! <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> um 
Yeah, but actually, I don't want to jinx it, so I'll kind of take it back because it would be so Canadian of us. Like, Canadian soccer, in a nutshell, would be for us to not qualify after this. But, um, yeah. It does really seem excited. like mathematically very, very probable that Canada is going to qualify for the World Cup, correct? One, yes, 100%. The worst, worst case, so currently we are top of the table. Worst case scenario would be for us to end up in fourth place which would mean that we would be in a playoff situation and we would have to play someone, um, probably New Zealand, and we would fight New Zealand for a spot at the World Cup. And that's like worst case scenario. So hopefully that does not happen. Hopefully we finish in the top three, which guarantees qualification. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. I think the women's team has kind of made the game grow so much in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of about time that the men's team caught up a bit. I don't think obviously they're going to win you know olympic gold anytime soon but this is like a huge kind of first step um you know manager john herdman obviously from the uk and he's kind of brought a lot of like tactically you can kind of see that there are similarities between how teams here play and how canada plays um and the fact that we're not struggling without davies you know who without question is our best player kind of really proves how far we've come and yeah, I just can't believe we're about to see, you know, man's from Scarborough pull up. <laughs> In Qatar. It's like it's like, like the Delano Banton of soccer. Literally. Just the fact that anyone from southern Ontario is going to be in the same sentence as FIFA World Cup is nothing short of a miracle in my eyes. And the fact that we might qualify at the Tim Hortons field in Hamilton... Like, that is unprecedented. I'm sorry. I just, that would be it's an incredible scene. Yeah, and I think uh, sort of as we've seen the growth of soccer, like we see a lot of people maybe whose families come from soccer-loving nations come and grow up in Canada. So they grow up with a love for the game, but their national affiliation is Canada instead of um, mm-hmm. uh, wherever their parents came from. So that's great. And also, I know that Canada would would automatically qualify for the 2026 world cup because we are a uh, partial host. So it's, I'm so grateful that we actually got one for real instead of the first one being an automatic one, because now it's like, okay, now we've actually earned it. Like we're not like, it's real. And also this qualification, I think, and that an automatic guarantee in 2026, like Canada soccer is only going to continue to rise on the men's side from the women on the women's side i think we all know it's it's risen it's there but uh, mm-hmm. the definitely. men's side still on the come up yeah definitely it will be nice that you're right like obviously being a host nation is almost like you get the participation ribbon when you're in like third grade um you know you just <laughs> you know it will be nice that we kind of earned this one but yeah, yeah not to jinx it but yeah we're going to the world cup and Chris, you always go on diatribes about how you, much you hate like participation trophy culture. I was just about to say. I right? was just about to say. I'm going to go on one of my famous rants: no safe spaces, etc. Uh, but really, I was I was going to say that I hope that 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 playoff doesn't come to pass because you know they would those those other people would be would roll up and be like, hey 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 man, we gonna play some soccer, ain't we? <laughs> Because they're, of course, from New Zealand, and that's what that accent is. I like that all... It's accurate, but all New Zealand accent... Like, everyone from New Zealand has a high-pitched voice. Like, you can't do a New Zealand accent without doing a high-pitched voice. 
Like, you, you can, you can, uh, no, 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 you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> it's impossible. I'm, I'm so, I saw this one guy who, who streams on Twitch and I think he does like wood carving. I saw that guy too. That's a cool guy. And he yeah. has like a kind of deep voice, I think. All right. Um, we got one. So we got one. So shout out to that guy. <laughs> well, shout out. I think we have, I think we've covered our bases as far as the, the current state of uh, this sport that we know and love. Uh, is concerned yara thank you so much for for joining us do you promise to come back when uh you know the uh the super the super uh clash champions cup is is on again yeah the super league that's that's the real thing that's happening right no not the super don't get your (laughs) that is a whole other podcast topic because you know the super league that's crazy well maybe we'll get you back once Canada yeah. qualifies for the World Cup, yeah. Uh, once Griffin stops hitting his pop filter with his okay. hand. Okay, I like. I once saw Drake in a music. Vi- it was the it was the young artist for Haiti music video after the Earth Kick sure, in twenty ten, and Drake would like recorded his with like pressed up against his pop filter. Oh. So I have always wanted to do that ever since. So I've been I've been well, unnecessarily put- close to the pop filter. Um, do you, do you guys do you guys think Drake will go to the World Cup? Absolutely, if Drake Canada will goes. go to the World Cup. <laughs> Drake will. Drake is gonna get arrested in Qatar. <laughs> He's gonna break some Qatar law and not be able to leave. That's gonna be our legacy. That is gonna be Canada's legacy. After yeah, and then they're gonna take away the 2026 World Cup. No, but Yara, before you go, where can people find your uh, mm-hmm. football coverage and your tweets and all of that great stuff? My Twitter is at Yara Ilshab. Uh, do I spell it? Y-A-R-A-E-L-S-H-A-B. And I just basically tweet random shit there. Sometimes my work, if I remember. And yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We, we love your work. We admire you deeply. You are you're one of the, the few listeners of this podcast. So Okay. We, <laughs> that seems unnecessary. <laughs> okay. You're one of the many listeners of this podcast. Hundreds upon hundreds. <laughs> Oh no, uh, guys! I'm so supportive of this podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for thank coming. You so much. Yeah, you've really uh, improved the quality, and you have a much better Twitter handle than last week's guest, Connor O'Neill. A much easier yeah. one to find. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Um, I heard the podcast. Yeah, I was like, if I didn't follow Connor, I wouldn't have looked for his Twitter after that because, <laughs> yeah, Connor. <laughs> the people demand an easier to understand Twitter handle. Yeah, maybe like something with Koro or something. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) doesn't quite make sense. Uh, But we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back for some all-star festivities on high floor, low ceiling. And welcome back to uh, high floor... I, I don't know. <laughs> it's high floor, low ceiling. I didn't. I sort of decided to start, and I thought I would have something, but but I didn't. Well, there, it was definitely not your normal voice that you said the words <laughs> high and floor in. So it's something. Yeah, we. You have to admit that, Griffin. Um, thank you so much to Yara for joining us. That was uh, some fantastic insight from us. That is not from her. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, Yara doesn't know what she's talking about. But you and I, we uh, we really brought the soccer knowledge. We know how to pronounce like some of the teams. Yeah, Shout out to Ajax. Ajax. 
<laughs> um, but Griffin, we'll we'll do a quick fun segment here. Of course, NBA All Star Weekend is coming up. Uh, the All Star break is always a a fun time in the NBA. And I have, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do a little athlete draft. Of course, last athlete draft was quite contentious with our winter activity draft. Yeah, things um, got ugly. <laughs> but this one hopefully will be will be more mannered. This is a an all-star weekend athlete slash celebrity draft. Uh, so, so we're going to be picking from four categories. We're going to be picking uh, an, a non... I assume you did not pick any basketball players because that would put you at quite an advantage here. You picked Connor McDavid to go skating with in the winter activities draft. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay, fair play, fair play. Uh, so we have picked... Yeah, we're picking in the categories of the, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, the beloved NBA celebrity game that everyone watches, and then... <laughs> Just for fun, we're going to throw in a guest commentator, which I think can can be an athlete or a celebrity, right? Is that fair? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, so we'll start with the three-point contest. Uh, I, I have a, probably a more obscure pick here, so maybe I'll go first. Uh, I was watching YouTube, as I do, the other day, and I saw a fun little video. Um, I, or I might have even seen it in an article talking about the pitch clock. Uh, it was a video of Joey Votto. And he was, you know, it was a thing with, he was facing off against Derek Lowe, who is uh, a former pitcher. He played a lot in like the 2000s, early 2010s. And they say on the broadcast, they likes to pitch fast. And the whole video is Joey Votto, like he stands in the batter's box. He doesn't walk out of the box after each pitch. And they sort of have this whole full count at bat that takes place over 90 seconds. Uh, and so I've gone <laughs> with Derek Lowe as my selection uh, for the I thought you were going to go with Joey Votto. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a, it's a shocker, isn't it? Uh, Derek Lowe, of course, a two-time MLB All-Star. But the thing here is, my, my, my logic here is, so you want someone with consistency and mechanics. And so immediately I was like, well, a baseball pitcher, that's perfect. But the problem with a pitcher is they don't pitch quickly enough for the three-point contest where you have the timer. And so Derek Lowe, who is a an all-star pitcher who likes to pitch quickly and has the consistency in the mechanics, what could go wrong here, Griffin? I think this is a genius selection. Uh, I do like what you're saying with the uh, consistency and the mechanics. Um, yeah, you know what? I don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make this one friendlier. I'm not super wow. against your pick but hmm chris a three-point contest you know i like what you're saying about consistency and mechanics so i'd want an athlete who's got like a consistent mechanical motion that they do several times per competition hmm i'm just trying to phil taylor of like someone who yeah who's like accurate from long distance and used (laughs) used to just hitting a bullseye so, yeah, I think I'm going to go with 16-time world dart champion Phil Taylor. How could you not, Chris? There's no other choice for this. Darts and three-point contests are the same contest, and he's the greatest darts player of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, the obvious pick, Phil Taylor. Oh, that really tickled me. <laughs> uh, I I will not contest that. I think you're absolutely right. You know, Phil Taylor, uh, unprecedented number of PDC majors. Um, I think that's a genius. Sl- <laughs> Thank I you. think that's a genius selection, Griffin. Um, I thought you but, might. 
but tell me your your selection for the the dunk contest. Some high flyers in here. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of high flyers, uh, I've had a lot of Olympic fever lately. I uh, I've I've been really enjoying the games, Chris. I'm not sure how much you've been watching. So, mm-hmm. I went with one of the most famous high flyers in the world, a uh, an artist in the air. I'm taking Chloe Kim to be my ah. slam dunk contest. The uh, snowboard halfpipe two-time gold medalist. Not sure if you saw her run, Chris. She wiped the floor with the competition. Mm-hmm. She's just in a league of her own, and I think she would really be able to put on some great dunks. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely correct. I assume she would be on a snowboard for this. Yeah, yeah, she'd be dunking from a halfpipe. Yeah, okay. I, I like this choice. Um, and I also, I went in a similar direction, Griffin. I went with... Uh, one of one of the great athletes in any sport. I went with uh, an Olympian, a former gold medalist. I went with someone, uh, you know, you know. Obviously, the dunk contest. It's about creativity. It's about uh, doing something that no one's ever seen before, rather than uh, just that that raw explosive athleticism. And so, one of the the great athletes who has that aerial ability, the body control, and the creativity. I'm going with former many time gold medalist Simone Biles. <laughs> Okay, uh, the world champion gymnast, and I know what you're thinking, Griffin. <laughs> Simone Biles is, of course, four foot eight, which, <laughs> which some might see as a disadvantage in a dunk contest. But I am here to tell you that that is actually a huge advantage because think about it, Griffin. Who is the one person who has won the NBA dunk contest three times? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Is it Spud Webb? That's a great guess. Spud Webb, a former dunk contest champion as well. But Nate Robinson, oh, the only course. ever three-time slam dunk champion, all earned, of course. <laughs> None of those were uh, were ridiculous. DeRozan was never robbed, of course. Um, but yeah, so so the the little guys have historically done very well in the dunk contest. Uh, I have some. I have a stat for you. In the last <laughs> eight dunk contests, no winner has been taller than six six. And of course, Simone Biles at four eight is below six six. Well, that logic is ironclad, Chris. You certainly don't have to convince me. I like the little guys in a dunk contest a lot more than the big guys, just because, yeah, like in a dunk contest, you're looking for that wow moment, and it just looks too easy if you're a big guy dunking. Mm. Of course, you have the exception, like Dwight Howard is a dunk contest legend, but for the most part, it is sort of those wings and those guards that really can bring the wow factor with the dunk contest. And also, I just sort of assumed that for this, we were like transferring the ability to dunk onto our <laughs> whichever athlete that we picked uh but no no Simone Biles is a great choice uh I think I like the clash of summer versus winter two of the mm-hmm. most successful olympians of the 21st century so this is this is a tight tight battle yeah I think I think this this is going to be a closely contested contest based on our first two selections here um the celebrity game, Griffin. Uh, we we were not putting any restrictions on it, so if if someone has played in the celebrity game, they are still eligible. But but who did you go for for your your non sport famo who is going to uh, to play in the celeb game with us? Uh, this is someone who I am pretty sure has played in the celebrity game before, but I think he is a different person now than oh. he was when he was playing in the celebrity game, and I think. I picked this guy because he would just come out and take, like, 45 shots and make, like, <laughs> six of them. And mm-hmm. I, that is the absolutely the type of vibe I want in the ce- celebrity game. Unstoppable confidence. So I'm going with Drake as my celebrity game <laughs> wow. participant. I 
I like the pick. Ton, a ton of moxie on Drake. You know, the, have you seen that video of him shooting uh, at the Kentucky gym? That's exactly what I was picturing <laughs> when I made this pick. He's not going to make any shots, but he's not going to pass at all. And I love it. I, I love that pick. Uh, yeah, we, we, we discussed before we, we started here that we were going for more of a Kevin Hart than an Arnie Duncan, you know, because, you know, how many All-Star Game MVPs does Arnie Duncan have? I don't know the answer, but I know Kevin Hart has at least one. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, but Griffin, I I went for, I, I think this is an unstoppable choice, but and I'll explain why in a moment. But this is a, a fellow Canadian. This is a gentleman who is six foot two. Uh, he is one of our finest actors. I'm taking Jim Carrey in the celebrity game. That's a uh, great course, pick. He has his famous rubbery face, which I assume can extend to the rest of his body, so he can easily you know, stretch out for, for layups and things of that nature. But there's one attribute or one, one thing about Jim Carrey, which I think gives him a huge advantage. And I, I, I'll, I'll give you one guess as to what it is, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you the lowdown. Uh, is it his trash talk ability to tie it back to your rant earlier? That He'd was, be quick on his feet. That is that is a great point, and I think uh, that sort of goes along with what I'm going to say here. But I think the greatest advantage, Griffin, is that he is in possession of the mask from the film The Mask. <laughs> is, this, um, is that legal? <laughs> I'm going to read to you from the, the villain's wiki about the the titular mask. The mask has various powers such as super strength, speed, intelligence, and durability. He also has the ability to warp reality. He is super agile and has a strong healing factor that makes him immune to typical means of harm. Other abilities of the mask are immortality, <laughs> duplication, wow. shape-shifting, creation. He can create matter, <laughs> a physical impossibility. Summoning, transfiguration, size manipulation, great for basketball, creating tornadoes. And the ability to stretch his limbs. Is this so, all demonstrated in the series of movies? I believe that the mask film is based on a comic book. And so it might ah. only be be portrayed in those. But, you know, certainly I think the main thing is that the mask lives by cartoon logic. And, of course, you know, we've seen some great cartoon basketball players in the past uh, with the Looney Tunes. And so I think that That's I think true. this is a no-brainer. I think the, the mask is going to dominate on the court. Well, you know, I did not realize that uh, we were bringing with them their props and stuff. Maybe a, maybe Drake can bring a, a lemon lemon pepper freestyle or his wheelchair from Degrassi. I'm not sure. Or uh, some Grammys to throw at people. Wasn't his character at Degrassi on Degrassi a great basketball player? I've never seen the show. I assume you. Have. I think that might be correct. Wasn't he shot and like? He was shot, and I think that's why he was in a wheelchair in later seasons. Right. But I think he was a great basketball player before then. So maybe that ability can sort of transfer in. Uh, but Chris, for my celebrity guest commentator, I'm going to keep the streak of Canadians going. I believe we're now at Love three. It. And I'm going with, I mean, for a guest commentator, I think the choice has to be a comedian. That's at least who I went with. Ah, so I went with one of the most effortlessly funny people on the planet, in my opinion, one of the greatest talk show guests of all time, one of the greatest Saturday Night Live cast members of all time. I went with the Norm Macdonald. No, huh? he's dead, Chris. I'm not what? sure if you heard. It's very sad. Uh, no, I went <laughs> with Martin Short. Wow, I think I mean... Martin Short would be effortlessly funny. He wouldn't pay attention to the game at all, but he would just be 
ripping his co-anchor to pieces in his <laughs> typical Martin Short backhanded compliment way, I wouldn't be able to tear my eyes or ears from the screen for a second. Yes, he has he has that mile a minute ability, but Griffin, I think I think that we have some philosophical differences on what makes a great guest commentator because well maybe maybe a guest commentator's different story. I'll I'll seed some ground to you there. But I think uh, as Alvin Williams has shown for the Raptors this year, with all love and respect to Alvin Williams, uh, I think I think charisma and public speaking ability <laughs> go a long way, uh, even more than having interesting analytical things to say about the game. Um, so you know, I- I'm going for someone with charisma, public speaking ability, and also you know, I want them to be able to to sacrifice a little for the sake of the broadcast because you know it's not the commentator they're not the star of the show they're here to support the athletes and so i thought about Dwayne the rock johnson but i thought you know he's just too self-promotional he's going to talk about making jumanji the next level he's going to talk <laughs> about making jumanji welcome to the jungle he's going to talk about making rampage uh and so i, I just don't think he's going to work calling my my all-star game and so i went with an all-time great role player and an all-time great voice James Earl Jones is who I'm bringing in as my guest commentator. I mean, he voiced Darth Vader, and he wasn't even the guy in the suit. That's some ultimate, you know, role player vocal abilities. We know he loves sports. He was, of course, in Field of Dreams, a tremendous performance, in my opinion, Uh, and and a great laugh as well. Wouldn't you like to hear uh, James Earl Jones just let out a hearty chuckle when the mask stretches his limbs and dunks from half court? Uh, I I think I would like to hear James Earl Jones do just about anything, Chris. That's a great choice. I wonder if he would be better as like a public address announcer than mm. a guest commentator. But I'm not going to undercut your pick. Um, aside from that, so <laughs> aside, aside from that undercutting, I was just doing. Yeah. So yeah, James Earl Jones, a solid choice for sure. Uh, I'm I don't know about his basketball IQ. I've never seen him talk about basketball. I think we know Marty Short, big basketball guy. Is that uh, true? No, I have no idea. I okay. don't think so. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, well, just to relate Martin Short and basketball, I, of course, famously my fantasy basketball team a couple of years ago, the Three Ambigos, okay. uh, which featured Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and Clint Capella. So, you know, maybe he could uh, ask me for some advice about sort of crossing over uh, the Martin Short universe with the basketball universe. There we go. The uh, groundwork is already being laid for a legendary color commentary performance from the great <laughs> Martin Short. Precisely. Uh, I-, I will run down my list once again. Well, you know, we we don't we don't even have to do a vote this time, Griffin. No, this just... one was definitely more in good spirit. I think. Yes, the All Star Game. It's about having fun. It's not for any uh, any championships, and so we will we will leave it at that. But my so. In my three-point contest, Derek Lowe is going to be bringing his pitching abilities to the table. Uh, you know, Derek Lowe, an underrated player. Check out his Wikipedia article. Uh, a guy I definitely knew who he was. just Googling him. <laughs> uh, in the dunk contest, I'm bringing Simone Biles to the table, uh, an all-time great. In the celebrity game, Jim Carrey is going to show up with the mask in his suitcase. Uh, and then on commentary, James Earl Jones is going to be breaking it all down for us. And on my team, the three-point contest is the one, the only, the greatest athlete to ever touch a dartboard or a basketball court, I'm sure, if he just tried. Uh, Phil Taylor, mm-hmm. followed by my dunk contest, which will be Chloe Kim on a hybrid half-pipe 
<laughs> slash basketball court where she takes her snowboard all the way down the half pipe and then ends it with a ridiculous slam dunk. My uh, celebrity game participant going 14 of 86 from the field will be none other than Drake. And my guest commentator is the legendary Martin Short. I love that. I love these picks for us. Uh, you know, obviously, reach out and tell us how good they are. Don't tell us who won, but just tell us that we were both good. Um, please. Yes, please. Uh, do you think that Chloe Kim would she, would she be skiing on planks of hardwood so that it's like it's like this is legal because she's on the court? Oh, kind of. that's genius, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> a snowboard cut out of. A basketball court. Maybe she should just take one of those squares from the Boston yeah. Celtics stupid parquet floor. Wow. Yeah, throw a little bit for of the uh, gardens parquet floor. Throw a little bit of Celtics shade in there. Just don't be like Kyrie Irving and stand on Lucky because that is no. uh, the cardinal Un- sin. <laughs> yeah, unforgivable crime apparently. <laughs> uh, the, but the that is Celtics leprechaun whose name everyone definitely knew and revered. Yeah, Lucky. Of course, we all know this. Um terrible name actually you know yes yeah. not a lot of creativity shown no. not like us uh no. <laughs> but that is going to do it for today's episode of high floor low ceiling thank you to everyone for joining us thank you to yarel shiburi for bringing her insight to the table thank you to connor o'neill for uh for doing those props with us hopefully we'll have him back again soon uh you can follow us griffin on social media platforms at hflc podcast we're on the Twitter. We're on the Instagram. I hear we've been blowing up on TikTok. Is that the case? Yeah, we had a bit of a viral talk uh, the other day <laughs> that we posted a video of Connor's Gatorade conspiracy theory, which uh, I didn't catch any Gatorade commercials before the Super Bowl, Chris. I'm not sure if you did, unfortunately. So I wasn't able to fact check Connor this year. But yeah, that's TikTok coming up on 5,000 views. So big thank wow. you to everyone who engaged there. 271 likes, a bunch of great comments from our legions of fans. So yeah, thanks to everyone. And be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at HFLC Podcast and Twitter, of course, so that you don't miss out on the next one. Yeah, you have been doing some some terrific content there. We absolutely oh, love you. it. Uh, you can follow myself at C House and Jan. That's Chow Sun Jan. You can follow Griffin at Griffin Porter ninety seven. Uh, as Yara said, you can follow her at Yara L Shab. That's S H A B at the end there, and E L. Uh, I gave that in a very confusing way, so you probably won't be able to find her now. But just type in Yara, and she probably shows up. Hope. Uh, hopefully, you know how to spell that. <laughs> but that is going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you to everyone for listening, and until next time, keep your floors high and keep those ceilings low. Nice.